Are you interested in indigenous issues? Are you down with decolonization? Do you have something to say or have a topic to share? We have just the thing. Join UBC's first ever Indigenous Radio Collective. We're a team of Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. I'm Niska from my mother. From the Taltan Territory. I'm a settler from Washington State. I'm from the Qualcomm and Musqueam First Nations. I am Quicho Indigenous from Saraguro, Ecuador. We broadcast from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded land of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Whatever you want to talk about, we're into it. Everyone is welcome, no experience necessary. Unceded Airwaves airs every Tuesday from 11.30 to 1 p.m. on CITR 101.9 FM or at CITR.ca. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Unceded Airwaves. We want to hear your story. How do you like your media? Raw. Spicy. Free. I like my media. Send me side up. Shape your media just the way you like it by supporting CITR. Every year, we ask listeners, readers, friends, and family to support CITR by donating to our annual fund drive. It keeps the station running, and it helps us take on new projects. This year, CITR is looking to help our community shape their media by fundraising to provide new training sessions in current affairs journalism, giving creators new skills to shake up the media landscape. Thursday, March 9th at 12 p.m. to March 16th, we're opening up our phone lines old-school telethon style. Call in during your favorite programs to hear about the special prizes each show is offering. You can support CITR and shape your media by making a pledge. You can also make a pledge now online at www.citr.ca backslash fundrive. How do you like your media, John? Spicy. <laughs> Is that good? Thank yeah. you. Uh, wait, hold on. I think we can. Keegan also said spicy. <laughs> can I say something else? Mm-hmm. No, can you ask me a question again? How do you like your media? Well done. But that's not. Hello. You are listening to The Real World on CATR 101.9 FM, broadcasting live from unceded Musqueam territory um, on UBC campus. The Real World. Oh, no, I messed up the intro. With Dora. And Dama. There we go. Thank you. We brought it back. Yeah. We're here. We're salvaged it. It's okay. Um, The Real World is the UBC Film Society's radio show where we connect with campus clubs and organizations to kind of make community through film. Um, which I actually was thinking about the other day. We haven't really been doing that much this year. It's just been more like us connecting with each other. Yeah, we haven't been doing it a lot on the show. We've been doing it on like trivia. We we're always bringing different people together through trivia, you which know is that's true. You know, and it's important to point this out because we are having a trivia night next week. Uh, Thursday, March 9th, we'll be doing, is it Studio Ghibli or Wes Anderson? I'm thinking Studio Ghibli. It's Studio Ghibli. We're doing Studio Ghibli. So if you like Studio Ghibli and you know a lot about it then y- and you like free stuff, you should definitely come to the Gallery 2.0. Yeah, on free March brews 9th. and appies. Yeah, it's it's a Thursday and it's at 4 mm-hmm. p.m. Uh, yeah. Did you hear free brews and appies? 100% free. Those Um, things are happening. Also, fun fact that I, like, feel like we don't really do that much is, like, plug the club, like... Join Film Sock. <laughs> it's Why free. wouldn't you? Um, just Google like AMS Clubhouse Film Society. We'll come right up. Just sign up. Yeah, do it's it. So we- yeah, and then Easy. if you check our Facebook page, you'll see all of our events, which are a lot of fun. Uh, we definitely need to start doing more more stuff about our beer gardens because our beer oh, yeah. gardens are becoming cooler and cooler by the month. Like they are just becoming very hip events where it's where the people are going. It's where the people. It's are where going. the people want to. I, I don't be. know if you've heard about it, but people are just always <laughs> saying like, "Where are you going?" But the people are talking. Yeah, where where are you going this month? I'm film suck beer garden. Duh. And it's our last one of the year. Um, yeah. We're excited. This month, I think it's on March 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, room 2301 in the nest is going to be Jaws. Um, also, free beer. I think we're going to get free cider this time as well. Free alcohol. Yeah, that's like the main point. We want to drive home. Um, <laughs> free and alcohol. <laughs> and free fun. You know. Yeah, no. Free just like, friendship. <laughs> that's not that funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Okay, I'm pretty um, funny. I can have friendship for free. <laughs> um, through Film Sock, we offer it. It's like a, a collector's item it's that we provide. It's one of the perks <laughs> of being in Film Sock. We offer free friendship. Yeah, you're Unlike welcome. other clubs. That's our new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's happening this month. Um, we'll keep you updated on that. 
but we have um, an action-packed like schedule. I was looking at what we have coming up for the next few weeks, and it's like bam, bam, bam. Bam. Um, fun drive starts next week, so I guess we have our fun drive show. Yeah. Um, next Friday. Um, I heard them talking about it on the program before us, but it's just kind of like CITR is a great community, but we need money to function. So maybe so donate us, us some money. Your money. Um, we'll have we'll be giving away socks with. Film sock exec signatures on it and Rio tickets. So good free stuff. Yeah. Again. For a donation. Yeah. <laughs> for a do- it's, it's free with a donation. Yeah. Which like I think counts. Yeah. Um because you donate anyway. We're just we're just being nice. Yeah, this is like our perk. Yeah. Our perk for you. More for your perks. kindness. Um but yeah, check us out next week. Uh give us some moolah or give CITR moolah for for us. Whatever. <laughs> do it what you do what you want. I mean, you can do it for us and then we'll give it to CITR. <laughs> That's a thing we can do. Um so yeah, today we have an episode about the Oscars. Oh my god, I just realized that we never said what song we played. We okay. played um Be My Animal by the Gods Themselves, a band out of Seattle. Um Dama was really into it. Yeah, it sounds like the B-52s, which Dora doesn't know. That is very upsetting. If you don't know the B-52s, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> They're great. They're like this weird band that has like the two like most, in my, no, I'm not going to say most iconic because lots of people don't know them, but like they have such iconic voices. Like the two singers is just like this one lady that ended up like having a solo career, I'm pretty sure. Then she has like, like that's her voice. It's it's really cool. funny. It's a really nice. You it's a really scat, nice. Dama. <laughs> you should start your own like scat band. Where oh, it's just you on stage <laughs> going. Yeah, no. Oh, I agree. You could have uh, a really fruitful career. Thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, they're they have really cool lead singers, and they always do stuff about like really weird things they have a song about wigs if you don't know rock lobster like i just don't believe uh, that dora doesn't know rock, like it's just not a thing that i am actually believing is the truth i'm sorry right now. no I, I just i don't believe you is the thing i think you're lying to me um i feel like i'm gonna be hearing about this so much in my future but if you've heard rock lobster that is the b-52s and you have heard rock lobster so <laughs> listen to the b-52s and if you like the b-52s listen to the gods themselves because that's kind of what they sound like yeah so that's cool they were good it's not my genre but i was into that song yeah it was interesting um so yeah back to what we're yeah, actually talking about this episode we're gonna be talking about the oscars Woo! <laughs> yep very very exciting which is fun like i think it's interesting that we're talking about the oscars because I didn't watch any Oscar movies until we decided to do an <laughs> yeah. Oscars episode. And I didn't watch the Oscars for the first time in years. Tisk tisk. I was just very bored by all the movies, except the two that I watched for this show. And also you have to pay for it, which is kind of like, oh, $15 for a movie? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I I get free movies, so... So there's that. Yeah, FilmSlock does provide free movies, and we also provide free <laughs> movies on the show. What? Thank you, CITR. Yeah, all <laughs> these free things. It's crazy. Um, free for you once you've donated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we. I was like trying to watch all of them. My like my family is really into the Oscars, and I try to watch them every year. But this year, I just like couldn't bring myself. Yeah, like just nothing really stood out to me. Like I was just looking through the list of movies, and I'm like. Meh, meh, meh. That seems okay. Meh. Um, and also, I think it's like, um, uh, really telling that you what you just said that it was like you didn't care about them except for the ones that you watched because you watched La La Land and Moonlight, right? Yes. Um, and like I feel like though that like La La Land or Moonlight that kind of like they were kind of like put in competition with each other, which a lot. is so. Like, it makes no sense to put those yeah, movies no. competing against um, each other. I remember having a conversation with someone, like, right after I'd seen both of them, uh, maybe about a month ago, and I was like, they're just so different, it's hard to compare. Mm-hmm. But I think that that, like, those, that kind of tension kind of overshadowed the whole event. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, who, well, it's either, like, the best picture was either going to be La La Land or Moonlight. Like, no one cared about Hell or High Water. I hadn't heard of it. Until I was oh, watching the ceremony. That's so sad. I know. Well, do you want to give me a brief overview of like what the what watching the Oscars was actually like? Because uh, like I I'm hearing all these Oscar references. Like, oh yeah, that like last tension moment, and then and like, do you I, not know what happened? No. 
I did not watch them. <laughs> I I don't go on the internet. Oh, a lot. my God. I had no idea someone in this world didn't know. Okay, so can you give me, like, yes. main highlights, including including the stuff for uh, best, best lead actor, I guess? Like, uh, apparently lots of drama went down these Oscars, and I was, like, not aware of it. Um... Okay. Um, yeah, no, down. totally. Why not? I'm just going to give you the moments that I thought were quite memorable. I don't know if that's what, um, and also the listeners, but I don't know if that's like what you're looking for. But the stuff that stood out for me, I did watch all of it. Um, Even the like short documentary foreign films. Oh, no, I watched all of the ceremony. Oh, no, no. But I mean, like. Including the one where they were awarding like the most niche of the niche. Oh yeah, of course. Fun. I always watch all of it. That's fun. Um, thank you. Um, my family does an Oscar party every year. My mom makes chili, and we just like sit around. And it's I'm from Toronto, so it's um always goes from like like nine to midnight. Um, so I'm still not used to watching it here and having it be like done at nine, and I can still like live my life. Like I feel like <laughs> watching the Oscars once Best Picture is announced, I'm like, okay, time to go to bed. Um, so it was weird to like I watched a couple movies after. Whoa, cool. crazy! I know my life is a roller coaster, but <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> but so moments that I remember most. Um, I don't know what you're talking about Best Actor um, drama. Oh, oh, with, oh, the, the, with um, not clapping. Okay, so, so yeah, that's the one thing I'm aware of because I saw it on Dora's <laughs> computer the other day. Um, so um, what's his name? Casey Affleck won Best Actor. Um, the angel who's been accused of sexual assault several several times, and the woman who announced it was Brie Larson, who won Best Actress last year for Froom, which is a movie about a woman who has been kept in a room and raped for a really long time um with her son um and she was not happy to announce the award like her face was somber and she did not clap when everyone else was clapping she was kind of standing on stage which i really respected her for um and i was just like when he won i was just like that's so gross like i'm so sad that happened um but i was like okay so that's drama number one um yeah but then that's like a kind of a heavy drama my favorite moment of the night was so Jimmy Kimmel hosted and he and Matt Damon have this like feud like it's a joke feud for sure um is it though it is like like it was um it like he brought it up and made fun of Matt Damon so much Mm -hmm. and like they've like collabed on videos a lot um to like perpetuate this feud um but Jimmy Kimmel was going at Matt Damon relentlessly. Oh my god! And I think Matt Damon was into it at the beginning, but towards the end, he was like, three hours were like, if you just have a break, you make fun of me is not cool." Um, <laughs> so they did these things um, where actors would go up and talk about their favorite movie. So um, the one that I can remember is Javier Bardem talked about um Meryl Streep's performance in oh I can't remember what the movie was but she's like she plays a Florence something something oh no (laughs) Florence Jenkins Lawrence whatever um no it was from a movie from when she was actually making real movies oh okay I don't don't even think that's like I didn't watch the movie I like it seemed bad to me yeah because it was Um, sorry Meryl yeah no Meryl's an angel um Okay, we can move on. Yeah, tell me about um, Matt but, Damon. Um, so one of them was that it was Javier Bardem talked about this movie, and he was just like, "I loved it. She was so um, like charismatic and brought so much to the film and brought so much to the role that I really, um, really appreciated." And then he came on stage with Meryl Streep and announced an award. So they kind of did these things where people would the people who came on stage had something to do with the film that the actor had just spoken about, um, or the actor like on the screen had just spoken about and the they had one where jimmy kimmel um talked about we bought a zoo which is matt damon's oh, no. like notoriously worst movie and he's just like the acting was like so real so intense and just kind of like 
him saying that he appreciated it and like loved it was like making fun of it um and then matt damon and ben affleck come on stage to announce an award um and this was after like two and a half hours of jimmy kimmel just go laying it on matt damon and then they go up and matt damon starts speaking to announce the award and jimmy kimmel starts like orchestrating the playoff music oh my god and matt damon lost it a little bit he kind of he loosened he was like he spent a lot of the night like being like haha like kind of fake laughs um but he was like no for serious like i'm not getting played off right now and it was like it was like the reason that i think it wasn't planned was ben affleck was standing there like do chill like (laughs) (laughs) um and that was like hard for me to watch. Like I was like, "Oh, Matt Damon, calm down." Um, but it was also really entertaining. Poor Matt Damon. He's I know. being bullied by a TV personality. I know, but it was so funny. But imagine that—a little gremlin just like <laughs> biting at Give your ankles for three hours. Yeah, no, it was um, it was uncomfortable. That but it is was, upsetting. That like really stood out to me. Um, also, Jimmy Kimmel did a pretty cute thing where he like lifted the kid from lion like he was Simba and the Lion King which oh, I thought was pretty cute that's, that's um, but the moment that everyone was talking about oh also um, Viola Davis made a beautiful speech when she won Best Supporting Actress like gorgeous um, I would YouTube that if I were you um, dear listener and Dama and Dama and Dama yeah <laughs> of course um, but so at the end of the night they announced Best Picture um, and it's Warren Beatty and this woman, oh, I forget what her name was, um, but two established Academy members. And they go up and they open the envelope and Warren Beatty looks really confused and he's kind of like, um, like, what's going on? And then the woman kind of takes it and says, La La Land won. Um, and everyone cheers. They run up on stage. Everyone's really happy. They have about two and a half minutes of um, ecstasy. And then someone is like, oh, no, Moonlight won. Like, get off the stage. But they had a they had an envelope. Um, yeah. OK, so everyone was like so confused. Everyone was like, oh, my God, what's going on? Um, and Warren Beatty goes up and he's like, I just want to explain um, why we made the mistake. Um, my envelope said Emma Stone. They had gotten the wrong envelope oh. for the award that had just been announced. Oh. And... Then Moonlight came and it was like so happy and so exciting. That's so sad for La La Land though. I know. Like it's okay. It's fine to not win an award, just not win an award. Yeah. But to be called up on stage and be like, "Yeah, you won and it." And they gave they gave speeches. Oh. They no. gave two minutes worth of like, "Thank you so much. We like are so no. happy. This film was like such a journey." No. I know. That is so sad. I'm very upset about this. Okay. I, being the conspiracy theorist that I am, think that it was 100% staged. Because uh, everyone keeps saying, I've I've given this theory to people and they're like, there are two envelopes. Like, there are, like, because there are two people who have the envelopes and they go in separate cars and they don't interact and they kind of have that, um, so that everyone knows who wins and there's no tampering or whatever. Um, and they're like, they just got the, gave them the wrong envelope. But... My thing is, really, like, for the biggest award of the year, one of the most contentious best picture wins ever, um, when it's so racially and politically charged that Moonlight wins over La La Land, like, really, this is the year that you accidentally give them the wrong envelope? I don't think so. I think that it was um, a little bit on purpose. But why? What is the um, what is because the, point? the payoff? Every, a everyone's talking about it, and B um, that that moment was so like monumental and like so it was kind of like the moment where they switched the decision or the moment where La, La they were like yeah La La Land where they switched the decision okay. um like there was just so much energy and I think it it brought so much attention to the event um and it also like I think it was very symbolic of like you thought. Like, I mean, I know, um, I'm like, like La La Land, I saw, I read so many articles. It's like, it's like a very white movie. It's like, oh, classic Hollywood, um, like white people dancing and Moonland is about this, um, gay black boy in Miami and like 
they're very different narratives and like very different focuses yeah um and i was i read a lot of articles like there's this one like clickbait that was going around that was like if la la land like i've been an actor for 19 years um and if la la land wins i'm giving up um it was a person of color who was like they just don't value this narrative um and so my the way i'm kind of like approaching it is that like you thought la la land winning was like that like these white kind of dominant spaces are like going to continue to be white dominant and then no like you had no idea like the black and poc community and queer community are coming together and like actually triumphing in this like sim like cinematically symbolic moment and i like that's that's what i think the whole point was okay okay so like the oscars would be the good guys here because they're trying to like show that they're good guys yeah no it was a good pr moment for sure. okay okay i like i can get behind that if that's a thing that, that happened i just don't know if the academy would do that oh i think they would um two years ago they um like kind of shifted um organization and a black woman was elected president oh, okay and she that, that was would like, explain that yeah and she like she was like my goal is to make it like way more diverse um so that's my like conspiracy theory dumb and the listeners can take it with a grain of salt um i'm just gonna play a couple songs and some community messages and then we'll come back at you with this movie talk about the movies that we watched and our thoughts on them um so this is we're gonna play night hustle by zachary gary um coming out of you at you out of london ontario um followed by go gently into the night by her harper um so enjoy that and thanks for listening to real world yeah Become a CITR member and make some new friends. Members get discounts around Commercial Drive and beyond at Pandora's Box Rehearsal Studio, Bomber Brewing, Stormcrow Tavern, People's Co-op Bookstore, Mintage, High Life Records and Music, Bone Rattle Music Limited, JQ Clothing Limited, The Rio Theater, the Vancouver Music Gallery, North Van, and Tapestry Music Limited in White Rock. What would we do without our friends? At Dunkin' Donuts, each and every radio show is brewed fresh and served fresh at the peak of its flavor. If you're a tough customer, only the taste of this radio show will do. So go ahead, let Dunkin' Donuts make your radio experience exquisite. Indeed. (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts, serving sweet treats from the pop underground. Thursdays, noon to one.
Couldn't hold me Hello, and welcome to CTR 101.9 FM. You're listening to The Real World with Dama. And Dora. Um, we are broadcasting live from Unseen Investment and Coastal Territories here on UBC campus. Um, we just played Night Hustle by Zachary Gary. And 
Hewing Crowns by Her Harbor from her LP, Go Gently Into the Night. Um, so today we're talking all things Oscars. Yeah, we just, uh, Dora just gave you a brief moment, I mean, review, I guess, of the highlights of the Oscars, all the drama that went down, because apparently there was drama, and I didn't know about it. So I was told about it. Yeah, Dava had never, she had no idea what the end of the, what happened at the end of the Oscars. I just, I didn't watch them, and I don't. <laughs> spend time on social media so there was no way for me to find out about it that's fair other than through you so you are my savior i am i can now function in the post oscars world (laughs) post oscars 2017 my title in the world is like update dama (laughs) i think that's fair i just like whenever i want to be updated about what's going on in the world i just like dora what's up and then i'll she'll find a way to get me updated i just know I'm too into it. Yesterday, someone said that I should write a gossip column, and I was like, oh, that's too tempting. I could Oh, never. but you should. I would love it. Oh, but you should. Um, but we are joined right now in the booth by Savas and Alex. Um, we're going to talk a little about the Oscar movies themselves. Y'all feel free to talk. Yeah, like, they may not. They may do. Uh, does not matter. We're we're going to talk about it, so we'll we'll figure it out. Talk for days. For days! <laughs> um, so what did you watch? Fella? Okay, so I watched Moonlight and La La Land. And what did you watch? Because we can probably talk about them together. Um, I watched Moonlight and La La Land, and I watched Moana, which was nominated for Best <sighs> Animated Feature. And I, I should have watched Moana! It was really good. Why didn't I? Wa- I haven't watched Moana. It's very upsetting. Okay, it's very... Let me just explain... Uh, I don't know if you heard Sebastian talking just now, but he was very surprised at the fact that I have not watched Moana. This is me being surprised. <laughs> yes. So he's very surprised because I am in love with Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is the man who wrote the the all of the music for Moana. And why, why do I love Lin-Manuel Miranda? Because he also wrote Hamilton, uh, an American musical on Broadway. If you can ever get tickets. If you don't know what Hamilton <laughs> is, like, I mean, you're done. you'd be surprised. But yeah, um, it's a musical that is, like, all the rage these days with the the kids. It's a very hip musical because it has rap and, like, <laughs> hip-hop and just, like, r- alternative types of music uh, that aren't just the classic Broadway style. And it was also, like, race-blind casting, which is really cool and... I love Hamilton <laughs> very, very much, uh, and that's why it's very weird that I have not watched Moana, but I haven't, so I'm going to have to change that eventually because it's unacceptable for me to not have watched Moana. The music was sick. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to be fair, I think, uh, for for those new listeners, you may not be aware of my undying hatred for Dwayne the Rock Johnson (laughs) but I feel like maybe the reason that I still haven't watched it is because like sure there's the thing that I love which is Lin-Manuel Miranda but there's also the thing that I hate which is Dwayne the Rock Johnson I would say the tunes definitely outweigh the Rock's presence okay that's Um, good but I saw that and I also saw Zootopia Zootopia was nominated yeah one best animated feature what I, like I said, I have not, I, I don't know anything about the Oscars this year. Um, and I also started Hell or High Water. Um, Why did you not finish? It was so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Tell just, me. Wait, let's start, let's start talking about Hell or High Water first. Um, Hell or High Water is a movie that I didn't know existed until I was like watching the Oscars and I was like, oh, that movie exists and it was nominated for Best Picture. Okay, cool. Nice. Um, it's, I think it's like kind of funny, um... It's Chris Pine, and he's supposed to be, like, a dirty, gross, like, Texas rancher who robs banks. And I'm like, no, you're still gorgeous. Yeah, like, you're not gross. Yeah, you look you're like a not model. Um, it, he looks so out of place. It's just kind of like, okay, I guess we have to, like, pretend that this is reality. <laughs> um, and then it's Jeff Bridges, who's, like, a Texas ranger who, like, solves crimes. Um, and so the premise is that... Like, I only watched, like, maybe the first 20 minutes, half hour. Um, But in that half hour, you kind of get that Chris Pine's... And Chris Pine's brother just got out of jail for robbing banks. And Chris Pine's mom... Their mom just died. And Chris Pine has kids who he isn't allowed to see. Um, So he enlists his brother's help and is like, Hey, um... Let's I, rob banks. Yeah, like, I want to... Yeah, he's like, I want to raise a lot of money and give them to my sons. And then he kind of has, like, 
no plan after that. Like, I don't, like, I'm not really sure if it's, like, suicide or just, like, running away and leaving forever. Um, but he keeps being, like, I'm, I'm, want to leave this for my kids. And then, um, and his, he's, like, very humane and, like, and his brother is very reckless and, like, really enjoys robbing the banks. And he's just kind of, like, no, I'm just doing it because I need money for my sons. Um, and Jeff Bridges is, like, solving the crime. And I'm oh. sure he solves the crime. I did love it, though, because I love Southern accents. Oh, no. With a passion. I think it's so cute. And I just, like, dug the whole the whole time. Um, there The were, whole 30 minutes yeah, before no. it got very boring. Um, well, the whole, like, the story itself, I was like, oh, my God, I so don't care. Like, Chris Pine, you're gorgeous. <laughs> um, that I, like, it wasn't really worth watching, I don't think. I'm HO. Um, but... Oh, there was like this one like what I thought was a really good moment um so Jeff Richards is like solving the crimes and he this guy comes up he's like he like comes into the bank and he's like what happened like he's just like a civilian and he's like I have like a rifle like give me the description like I will find this guy and take care of him and he's like and Jeff Richards is like lol like that will probably call cause more problems for you than it would us help and he's like and the guy's like, we'll see. And then, like, drives off in his truck. <laughs> and Jeff Bridges is like, I love West Texas. And I was like, that's so, like, I hope that's a quintessential West Texan, like, value yeah, exchange. Like it felt so nice that's to experience. Fun. That's great. Um, But it was just, I mean, it was, like, pretty sometimes. But it was also kind of like a, okay, poor people. Like, poor, but, like, not, like, it wasn't, like, poverty. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of, like. Because the whole time they have all this money, they're, like, robbing all these banks all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, like, gorgeous people who are, like, we're supposed to believe aren't... Are, like, gorgeous. Yeah, and, like, are in, like, <laughs> intense poverty, and it's just kind of like, wait, what's going on? Um, So I didn't really take that that much. Okay, okay. Um, So I think we should talk about La La Land before Moonlight, just because we both have a lot to say about Moonlight. Yeah. So um, La La Land, for those who have not seen it, is the story of I don't remember the the names of the main characters at all, but Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Uh, that is one thing I think was like one of the biggest pitfalls of La La Land for me. I was just like, oh, you're um, you're Emma and Ryan. Yeah, his name was Seb. Oh, his name that's was Sebastian. True. That's, that's true. If, I, I thought that. about that when I watched it. There we go, Seb. That's that's his name. And Mia is Emma Stone's character. Okay, that makes sense. Wait, save us. Were you in La La Land? Well, of course. <laughs> we have the same name. It's I based on your life. Yeah. <laughs> it's a biographical film. Yeah, actually. Of Sebastian. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I think that makes a lot oh of sense. Oh my god, we just cracked the totally whole agree. thing. That's why it's I get it so much better now. That's why it was nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very inspiring story about Sebastian. Uh, anyway, so Mia and Seb are, like, both young people in Hollywood, like, trying to make it in different ways. So Mia's, like, this struggling actress who also works as a barista, and she's, like, always going to these parties and thinking that she's gonna, like, find her big hit by going to a party where she meets someone incredible that'll propel her into fame. And Seb is, like, uh, he's not living in poverty, but he's, like, living in a really bad apartment somewhere with, like, a bunch of boxes full of musical equipment because he thought, well, he came to Hollywood to play jazz and he wanted to, like, open his own jazz club. And apparently, somewhere in the past, he did have, like, something that was going to become, like, nice and be a cool jazz club. But then it got, like, he got screwed over and... It did not work out, so the, both of their dreams are, like, not working out. But they keep having these chance encounters where they don't really, like, connect because they're just being mean to each other. But eventually they do connect, and it's beautiful. And the great part, to me, about La La Land is, like, I... <laughs> disclaimer, I only saw the first half of La La Land, so I can't tell you about, oh, the movie is so greatly tied together. Um... But what I loved about the half that I saw is it reminds me of Birdman in the sense in the sense that it's like it's a musical, but it's it's not just the music that makes it a musical. To me, like it it did have a lot of play aspects to it, the same way that Birdman had the whole 
um, I mean, it, it was about a play, so <laughs> there was a lot of stage stuff going on. But the way that the camera moved was very much like trying to invoke the sense that you're watching a play. And at least the first half of La La Land, I thought a lot of the a lot of the like choreography, like the fact that there was choreography, like you can make a musical and not actually have dancing, like for a film musical, you can just be like, oh yeah, this is they are singing and that's a thing that's happening but um they like make it a legit production in with the musical numbers um so that's something that i really liked like i just kept thinking that it reminded me of birdman so and i love birdman so i think it's really cool when film tries to make you think that you're that you're watching something that isn't a film that it's like a play instead so i really like that about la la land um thoughts (laughs) <laughs> um, I think that's such a, um, I'm, I, I know I use the word funny in a really bad way, but I think it's such a funny comparison because I like literally never made that connection. Um, I don't know if anyone I wanna, has. I want to rewatch like with that in mind now. Um, I didn't get it. Um, I felt like I was the only person in the world who didn't like La La Land for a really long time. And then I found this New Yorker review of it and I was like, yes, no, totally. Um, and I felt kind of gross. I was agreeing with this like old like really dusky looking white guy (laughs) who looked like so like I could imagine him in my mind's eye like so well um but he was just like like the argument that he made in that review was that like 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 kind of like I never got past Ryan and Emma like it was kind of like they were very shallowly like like you were kind of given the list of the things they cared about and then boom like we made it we're done like there was no further development um besides in their like relationship and like their crisis of faith but then like no just kidding like she's actually a great actress um and another point that he pointed out um another point that he made that I really like really resonated with me was that it was so um solitary like boat like there's there's that opening grand opening scene where it's so collaborative and everyone's kind of like working together and doing this amazing musical number and then for the rest of the movie and like obviously the choreography is in the movie is like very collaborative Mm -hmm. um but they felt kind of like out of context because in the rest of the movie it was like like um seb doesn't want to be in a jazz band when he's in a band he's really unhappy he wants to be in a club and perform solo and mia gets um her role after doing a one woman show and then being solo in the audition like like there was a lot like the success that the characters found was very solitary which I don't really think which really didn't resonate with me and I didn't really mm-hmm. like that much and another thing um I, th- I do think that the first half is definitely the most fun half um because there are all these huge musical numbers and huge um displays of choreography but then in the last half it was just kind of like it's kind of like they forgot they like didn't I think they tried to make a film that was a musical and the beginning of it was very much um like the music was really well integrated into the narrative and the choreography was really stunning um but then in the end they kind of just like made a film and then they were like oh we have to put music in now and then kind of like shot scenes that were more kind of just like like regular everyday like people sitting down and just like singing to each other Mm -hmm. um and, like, it kept being compared to Singing in the Rain, um, which I didn't really agree with because I thought Singing in the Rain was an amazing movie, but... Um, so La La Land is just not good. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I definitely has, like, uh, merit. I just... I didn't like it as much as everyone seems to, like, think... Th- as everyone else seems to have. Um, but I think the biggest difference between La La Land and Singing in the Rain was that it, Singing in the Rain was made by dancers. Gene Kelly was a perform- a dancing performing dancer um and they like weirdly solved like everyone makes fun of that one scene in singing in the rain where like he's just like here's like my modern dance number and then Mm -hmm. he just kind of like it takes you out of the narrative and he just like does this weird dance for Mm -hmm. like several minutes um which is like really beautiful but it's also kind of like what is this doing here and la la land and they did that because they like the beginning of the movie so full and i also noticed it in frozen like it's so easy to use singing and dancing to kind of build a lot but it's not very effective in like or like it's rarely ever used like consistently or to like kind of like mm-hmm. yeah like bring everything together yeah exactly um like kind of the like resolution is always like very yeah narrative. more direct yeah yeah um and 
La La Land, like, was very similar in the structure to, like, Singing in the Rain, where there's a lot of, like, what is that word? Like, ex- exhibition? Exposition? Yeah, exposition. Um, like, in the singing and dancing, and then they, but they never had the moment, like, where Singing in the Rain had this weird insertion of just, like, exclusively musical number, but that kind of, like, did make it feel more consistent in the, like, this is a, this is a musical. Um, La La Land was just kind of like, oh, and they're just gonna, like, sing while they live their lives like it i i like didn't i don't think i got it like it's a movie that i just kind of like yeah like honestly i need to finish i need to finish watching the movie before i can say much more um but just like on the solitary thing um in the first half i do see part of that like solitary thing but i actually really really appreciate that about the movie yeah i think that it's trying to make a point about hollywood and how at first because this is the very first scene. Everything seems really collaborative and like we're all going out for our dreams and we're going to help each other get those dreams. And it's like, that's not what Hollywood is. Like people go to Hollywood thinking that they're going to like become stars and they're going to make all these friends and they're going to be famous and have famous friends. But it's like, no, it's a very competitive world where people are normally like stabbing each other in the back. And it's like, you don't really have friends in Hollywood, especially if you're a person that does not know anyone in Hollywood and just drops themselves into Hollywood, which is a lot of what people do. Like, Hollywood is filled with random people that just decided to go to Hollywood with zero connections. Which is what Emma Stone does in the movie. Yeah. So what I think the point, at least what I got um, from the first half, the point of that solitary thing, I think it was very, very deliberate. And I think that they did it to make a point about Hollywood. But like Hollywood is where a lot of really like bright, happy things come out of because you have all these movies that are super successful. So you have all this shining uh, like splendor that comes out of Hollywood but that's not what Hollywood itself is. Hollywood itself is very lonely, very, very harsh. And, like, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of what they're trying to go for, is just, like, s- put a separation between the romanticism of what Hollywood is versus what it actually is. And, obviously, there's still... Any movie that is made about Hollywood is still going to slightly romanticize Hollywood. Even if you're romanticizing the loneliness and solita- solitude that you would get from it. But that's often not what is romanticized about Hollywood. It's never like, my dreams! Uh, where dreams are made of! Like, this is where I'm going. This is what dreams are made of. Okay. Uh, <laughs> quick musical break. <laughs> By the real world. Um, but that's often what comes out in... Uh, in movies about Hollywood, and I think La La Land was trying to be like, no, you go to Hollywood, you're very sad, very lonely until you find success, and even when you find success, you might still be very sad and very lonely. So that's what I got out of the solitude thing that you brought up. So that's why, like, so far, I for the half that I've watched, I really, really appreciate La La Land. I really like that movie, totally. and I love musicals, so I'm just like, ah, dance more! Yeah, it's more Ryan Gosling. Do it. <laughs> um, one thing that I will say for La La Land, I, I don't want it to seem like I hated it. I did, like, I liked it. Um, I just didn't love it. Um, but Ryan Gosling, like, learned to sing and dance and play piano for that movie, which I'm like, that's so impressive. He Thanks, actually Ryan. plays piano? Yeah. That's Ryan. And it's, like, really intense piano, yeah. too. It's not just, like, a little bit of piano. It's, like, yeah. pretty intense. Pi- He's a pianist. Go Ryan Gosling! That is so cool. I know that's really nice. Uh, he learned to sing, quote unquote. I don't think he sings very well. <gasps> I love him, but he's perfect. I don't think he. I don't think he sings that well. I was just like, you're obviously not a singer. <laughs> like that is something I have no. Same goes for Emma Stone. Yeah, uh, she very obviously are not trained singers. She played um, Liza Minnelli's character in Cabaret <laughs> on stage on Broadway, and I'm like, how? Yeah, I just like maybe she can sing on Broadway, but in the movie, like it just I did not think her voice was great. It, it's not bad. Like she she got the points across. Like it's it's a nice nice music. It just like it didn't really stand out. Yeah, she I didn't have like, she didn't have a great voice. Every other person that was there had a great voice except the main characters, which is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. um, it's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this might be an unpopular opinion. But I don't get why people love Ryan Gosling so much. What? I know. He's he's so charismatic. I have never seen him. And also attractive. But I don't, okay, I don't think he's that cute. What? 
I like, know. Okay. Most people like actors because they are physically attractive. And Ryan Gosling is very, very attractive. Ryan Gosling is a very attractive man, Dora. He's not my type. Oh, my God. I know. And is I your feel- type ugly? Is that your type? <laughs> is that what you're telling me? Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, no. I like was having this conversation with Christine from Fresh Slice yesterday. And I just, like, I don't get it. And I feel bad that I don't get it. Yeah, you should feel bad. Ryan Gosling is an angel. You're just wrong. (laughs) Unfortunately, you're just wrong. Sometimes, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, But yeah, we don't have too much time left, so I do want to talk about Moonlight. Yes. We have like two minutes, less than two minutes left. We have six minutes left. Okay. (laughs) So let's quickly talk about Moonlight. What do you love about it? Besides everything? Yeah, besides everything. Um, My favorite thing about it was its use of light. Like, I think that the, Mm. like... Like, I keep thinking of that one, there's this one kind of, like, motif, visual motif where the mom is, like, yelling at the son in a hallway, and there's yeah. pink light coming out of the room next to her, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. found that yeah. so mesmerizing. Yeah, the movie, uh, like Dora said earlier, is about this, like, young black gay man uh, who, like, you follow his life, and the movie's split into three parts, when he's a child, when he's a teenager, when he's an adult, and it's really cool to, like, go through that journey, and every time that it makes, like, the transition between one of the periods of the life you have like a different colored light that flashes so i thought that was really really cool too um something cool about the movie is um the three actors the one who played the one who played the child the teenager and the adult they all um read the script and were all hired without collaborating they never had a conversation about that is the so character, interesting but they all performed it in a very like similar way that is so 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 interesting i know well it's a beautiful performance. Honestly, it's a beautiful performance. And I think the most important thing about Moonlight to me is like what it stands for. So like this is a narrative that has never been on film before. Like you don't think uh, this is something I was talking about, like with my friend before I even saw the movie. Like You don't think about what someone like in the hood like struggles with if they're a homosexual. Um, and I thought this was, like, a really important narrative to get out there. So I really, really appreciated Moonlight. Thank God it won Best Picture. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen it, you should. Because it's such an important political movie at this point. Like, it means a lot of things. So you should watch it. Because it's great. And that is... I'm cutting yeah. us off. Yeah. Um, we're going to play Swim High by Sarkastodon from Phonomontage. And shout out to Sebastian. Oh, Yeah. Shout out to Save Us and Alex. Yeah. Um, coming up next is Dave Radio with Radio Dave on the radio. Um, classic programmer here at CTR 101.9 FM. And thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye.